0: YouTube heavyweights KSI and Logan Paul are going to go at it again in the ring. And YouTube has made sure they're guaranteed a purse of $900,000 each for this fight. And that's all we have about that our blank story for this week is that one it's just right outside the range at technically the 11 spot so what stories are at the very top of this week the tower is that you said were actually the most important for this full week we'll get to those in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up show with me Jake and Payne from this is conversation.com and the conversation project this is a show for week ending November the 16th 2019. And welcome to the show. My name, as already stated, is Jay Cleveland Payne, and the show's name, as also stated, is the weekly wrap-up show from This Is A Conversation. This is built out of something we call The Conversation Project, which is a way to make sure we're having the best conversations with the best people around the world talking about the news stories and the current events and the pop culture things that you really want to talk about, not just what gets programmed by some program director or essentially an overtaking of Trump on the Chiron on, on network news that happens all day long. The whole thing happens very simply and very succinctly. We operate some social media feeds on Twitter. It is TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, It is this is the conversation. Same for Instagram as well. And all you have to do is follow us when you check things like normal. Follow your feed, checking your normal stuff. And every 50 minutes or so, we'll post brand new news stories from various sources. Some of them you love. Some of them you might not love. Some of them we question ourselves. But we look for the most diverse and sometimes the strangest stories out there. Put them out there to see what you think about it. And all you have to do is do what you do. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, react to the stories. The more engagement you give to a story on the platform, the higher score it gets. Now on Friday mornings, what we do is take a cutoff from Friday to Friday, and then we take those scores from Twitter and Facebook, put them in a spreadsheet that weighs them out evenly, gets a raw score that can goes from top to bottom. This week, top always, number one, of course. The bottom number is two fifteen. Two hundred fifteen distinct different stories posted this past week, and we have a new switch in format which we'll talk about right now let's go ahead and do this right now so segment one which in right now we'll go over the top 10 stories coming down from 10 to 1 backwards old schools casey Kasem style to give you a taste of what it was that you really got into this week and maybe why it is this week and this week of course there's a couple of wrinkles that we'll explain along the way two separate sets of ties if We don't like ties we'll explain those as we get to those down the line we are changing things up so if you're new to the show Thank you for finding us and let us know how things work out for you by emailing us at the Conversation Inbox at gmail.com. If you're old to the show and you're going to hear what's going to be different, let us know what you think about it by emailing us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Segment two will now be filled with the rounding out the show, which is going through the bottom five stories of the day. That is, or we should say. So stories two, eleven to through fifteen will take up the middle segment of the show to tell you what stories weren't quite good enough for what's going on. We'll do some explanation in there in a bit. And, of course, we'll wrap up the show in segment three with our shout-outs, and we'll just end it from there. We'll see if anything newsworthy is left there, but otherwise, it's basically the same show. If you don't think so, as we said, email us at inbox at gmail.com. And, of course, to be a part of the show, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation, and Facebook, com. We start off the countdown of the top 10 stories a week at number 10, obviously. And this story got to be in the countdown by being 7.4% more responsive. That means 7.4% more people responded to this story positively or just in general than the story we aren't talking about with KSI and Logan Paul. The headline for this is celebs come out against CGI casting of James Dean in new film. The post-its, this was posted, should say, on Saturday, the 9th of November. And we gave you its status, where it was ranking for compared to everybody else. And the source we have is page 6. Although it popped up in plenty of places, this is just where we seem to pull up our vision of it. Here's a few lines from page six's write-up on hating the CGI James Dean. James Dean is set to star in an upcoming Vietnam-era drama, Finding Jack, despite the fact that the iconic actor died over six decades ago. The production company behind the movie, Magic City Films, has obtained the rights to Dean's images via his estate. Having died in a car crash in 1955, the company will recreate the star using CGI technology, including actual footage and photos of the Rebel without a cause actor, Hollywood Reports confirms. Several big names have come out against the move, including Captain America himself, Chris Evans, who tweeted, I'm sure he'd be thrilled with an eye-rolling emoji. He went on to say... This is awful. Maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple new John Lennon tunes. The complete lack of understanding here is shameful. Lord of the Rings star Elijah Wood agreed, reposting the the report on Twitter with the added caption, Nope, this shouldn't be a thing. Founding Jack, co-director Anton Ernst told THR that the casting department, quote, searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which has some extreme complex character arcs. After months of research, we decided on James Dean. We feel very honored that this family supports us and will take every precaution to ensure that his legacy as one of the most iconic, epic film stars to date is kept firmly intact. The family views this as his fourth movie, a movie he never got to make. We do not intend to let his fans down. That's the end of quote on that one. Are you a fan that's already let down that they're doing this? Comment with us. As I said, you can comment on any story we're talking about. You can go to our website, actually, conversation.com and click the links for any story we talk about today for more deeper details on the stories. If I don't read the whole story, you want to go deeper into links as well. And, of course, you can comment with us by just going to your email machine, sending an email via the conversation inbox at gmail.com, and chat about it. I'm not so keen on bringing back old actors into full movie roles think is really weird and creepy and also may soon become a evil not necessary that may get rid of many new actors who are up and coming we'll see how this thing works out and you can talk about it offline with us a little techniques online inside the comments and of course on email we have a few topics hitting in sports this week which isn't a surprise but this is one that caught me by surprise that so many people got into it the headline is James Wiseman, Memphis star freshman, ruled ineligible eligible by NCAA. Posted on Friday, the 8th of November, uh, this one gets a bumper response from the 10 story of 8.27%. I'm going to do a quick recap of this one to let you know what's going on, but it gets really complicated, so reading it gets long and convoluted. So here's what happened. James Wiseman is a basketball player for Memphis, University of Memphis. That team is coached by Penny Hardaway, Anthony Hardaway, formerly starring, formerly famous for being a part of the Orlando Magic, and by the way, the star of the movie Blue Chips, with Shaquille O'Neal way back when. That will become a factor in a few moments. Now, Anthony Hardaway, Penny Hardaway, is the coach of Memphis, the college, the university, but he was beforehand a coach at a high school. And while he was a coach at a high school, he was able to pay for the expenses for James Wiseman's family to move to Memphis. And James Wiseman actually eventually ended up going to the school that Penny Hardaway was coaching at. By the way, Penny Hardaway, because he has lots of money, also gave a good chunk of money to his alma mater, which is Memphis. And because of that, that made him technically a booster even before he became a coach. But that means he has two different conflicts of interest because as a booster who actually paid money to James Wiseman's family, that's seen as an NCAA violation, and it's also technically a recruitment violation because he's also the coach. However, the back and forth on this issue got really weird because the NCAA sent out a letter saying he couldn't play. Memphis said that they didn't get the letter until Tuesday, hours before they were going to play a game anyway. Wiseman played. They took it to court. The court didn't put a definite ruling on it yet, so Washington played on Friday as well. Uh, We'll see how much further he'll go throughout the entire ordeal. This is one that's been something that's an issue. But with all the goings back and forth on the NCAA and the rights of players and rights to earn money and things like that, this is another ticket on that big show to see how much power the NCAA will hold over the student-athletes going forward and for how much longer. Per raw score, the stories at 7 and 8 are a tie. The same will be said for stories at 5 and 6, based on raw scores where they are. Now, how we break the ties is the youngest story gets the higher spot. So, the story that took the quickest time to get to whatever that number is, is the higher ranking story. So, for the next four stories, we actually have two sets of ties. And so, the bump in response does not change for the blocks. But... This, their spacing is because of where they are, and that explains how they have a definite number and not just these are a tie. So starting off with the number eight story, which has a bumper response from the number nine story of 8.96%, vaping-related lung transplant performed at Detroit Hospital. This one posted on Thursday, the 12th of November. CNBC, the oddly enough source for this one. So let's go to a few lines from that story so you can see how this went down. Doctors at a Detroit hospital have performed a double lung transplant on a man whose lungs were damaged from vaping. No other details of the transplant were released Monday by Henry Ford Health Systems, which has scheduled a news conference Tuesday. The patient has asked his medical team to share photographs and an update to warn others about vaping. More than 2,000 Americans who vape have gotten sick since March, many of them teenagers and young adults, and at least 40 people have died. Sorry about that. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last week announced a breakthrough into the cause of vaping illness outbreak, identified a chemical compound as a, quote, very strong culprit. Vibin E-acetate previously was found in liquid from e-cigarettes and other vaping devices used by many who got sick and only recently had been used by vaping fluid thickener. Many who got sick said they had vape liquids that contained THC, a high inducing part of marijuana. Now, a very quick uh, add on to this one. There was a press release, a press conference on Tuesday, and the doctor who performed the operation talked about what he essentially called the evils of vaping and the evils that led him to have to do that operation, something that he believes would be something much more frequent. Really, really wish it weren't. He also learned that the the person who got the transplant was listed as a teenager. Uh, that something came down in other articles down the line. Whether teenager means 1918 or 14, 15, that wasn't initially stated. But this is something, as the doctor says, as we will see, more people dealing with this illness until we figure out a way to stop it or just keep people from doing it. Uh, this is something to remind you that smoking is dangerous, vaping is dangerous, and just the ingesting of things that aren't just plain old air can be a problem for your lungs. This next story is one that when I put it out there, I was impressed, surprised and impressed. Imprised, if that's a word, of how it popped up and hoped I get a chance to talk about it. And I do because it did leave, live long enough to make it into the countdown at the number seven spot, of course. Bump response of 8.96% from the nine. And this is the headline. Sue Bird and Dana Tarazi tell intense story of playing for a Russian spy due to low WNBA wages. SB Nation's the source for this one. As I said, Thursday, the 14th of the day, we posted this. And I'm going to recap this one quickly as well. Basically, it comes down to the fact that although the men in the NBA are good ballers, the women are happy to make a wage, but they're not making the money they can make in other places. They're making a comparable wage to what the men make in the NBA. They make basically a six-figure deal, and that's it. And the highest part of that do come out to $750,000, which is great. But they can actually make much, much more money by playing overseas in a lot of places where they are maybe not held so much in high regard due to conditions they play in. But because people are so crazy about basketball and women's basketball, they'll, play, they'll pay money for it. The conditions are not so great. They play in foreign comp- countries, uh, usually not with a lot of people of their own. Their family's far away. They don't have a lot of people to actually speak their language. And their interpreters out there just so that the players can talk to their coaches and their native-born players. Yes, people in the NBA from foreign countries have the same issues as well. So on that end, it's it's not so much of a big deal. The really big deal is a story that they told about working for some former uh, KGB dude who is now a rich billionaire oligarch because that's what happens when you're in the KGB and playing for that guy in Russia. Click on the link. At our website for this is the The link for this week's podcast is for the week ending November the 16th, 2019. And click in the link for this story and any story that we have in for that we talk about today and go deeper into the stories. Click the links inside of theirs and just read them on as well. This is a story you have to read to get the pieces for yourself to just know how crazy it is and the links that these ladies go to. And it's really good. There is a WNBA here in the United States that does have a start in giving women a way to play professional sports and get paid for it, but it'd be great if they got paid more for it. We'll talk more about pay and women in just a bit. Foreshadowing. There you go. Next two stories, five and six, six and five, are stat-wise raw score ties. One is an actual tragedy. One is just a tragedy that we feel because we humans have this holding this 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 need to hold on to things that that does not exist the actual tragedy first that's the number six story posted on friday the 8th of november bump in response from the seven story of 1.3 percent headline is this flu shots that were insulin in oklahoma leave 10 hospitalized the source that we have for this is usa today and This is essentially what happens. The headline is exactly how it was stated. Ten people at a care facility for people with intellectual disabilities were hospitalized Wednesday after they were injected with insulin rather than the flu vaccine. The incident took place at the Jacqueline House in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, about 40 miles north of Tulsa, after multiple people were found unresponsive, said Bartleson Police Chief Tracy Rolls. Eight residents and two staff members were hospitalized following the incident but have since been released or will be soon. Rolls said the licensed pharmacist was contracted by the pharmacy to administer the vaccine. The pharmacist is cooperating with police and state officials, but investigators believe it was an accident. Jamie Dukes of the Oklahoma State Department of Health told USA Today in an email that the pharmacist supplied the medication from a third-party pharmacy and that staff is really are not responsible in any way for the error. This, like I said, is a tragedy. The good news is... All people are going to be okay. This is something that does happen every so often, and it's just clerical error mix-up. Simple things that happen that aren't so simple when it happens to someone that you know. Let's move on to the next story. It is number five this week, and its headline is this. Entire cast of Days of Our Lives fired. Show to go on indefinite hiatus. Tuesday, the 12th of November is the day we posted this one. And we have the bumper response, of course, 1.3 uh, percent. We sourced this from a TV news station. That's one of those stations that covers the entire state, myhometown.org. So so that's where the source of the story is. But this story also was all over the place. This just is the link I pulled by the time I got a chance to get to the computer and get it into the system. Very quick rundown on what's going on in this one. Days of Our lives, which is nearing an historic like 52 year run uh, as being on the air, has not been canceled. It, the show has not been canceled, but because these shows are taped so far ahead, they have a lot of show in the can. In fact, it may now be coming on November and Christmas time, but they have shows taped in the can ready for summer. So the programming is not an issue. The issue may be money and contracts. So what happened was everyone on the cast of Days of Our Lives was released from the contract this week. The show will probably be renewed for a 57th season. The show began airing on NBC in 1965, November 8th, so essentially this week as it happened. And right now, nobody knows what's going to happen. The good news is if the show is renewed and they tape new shows, well, Actually, is no good news because when they're being released from their contracts, that means they can go off and do other things and get other work because indefinite means you don't know when the show's coming back, and that means the old characters may not be available for their old characters should the time come to come back to come, if that makes any sense. So Days Are Our Lies, not been canceled, and will definitely be on the air through the summer of 2020, and we'll see if they get renewed for another season, and then we'll see if they can get all the cast back to get back to work. I framed this story as a tragedy in our minds, but is it though? Do you miss the whole blocks of soap operas from way back when some of the comments that we saw inside of the conversations were the fact that most people would love to have old time soap operas back and less of the reality show soap operas on, uh, but reality TV is much, much cheaper because you're not paying actors air quotes that you can't see. Uh, in the process or writers more air quotes we can come we can come out on this one simply email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or talk to us inside of the links that you see here on the facebook and the twitter and of course at the website we can chat these things up anytime you want to click the links to get deeper details on any story we talk about by going to thisisconversation.com click the link for this week's podcast it's for the podcast week ending november the 16th 2019 by the that story, the number one story on Facebook this week, the most responses on Facebook for all of our stories in the countdown. The next story gets a bumper response of 8.97% from the five spots. We posted on Tuesday, the 12th as well. And this one needed not a lot of Facebook. It took a whole lot of Twitter, but it made its way all the way to the four this week. One of you guys jumped into pretty intensely uh, from TMZ. The headline rapper, little Reese shot in the neck in critical condition in Chicago. TMZ's write-up is pretty quick, and there was no updates on this link, so I'm going to read it to you quickly, and we'll move on from here. Rapper Little Reese is currently hospitalized in his home state of Illinois after cops say he was shot in the neck. According to the Country Club Hills PD, the rapper was shot Monday afternoon around four minute, 40 minutes outside of Chicago. We're told cops were called to the shooting scene where they said they found a car with fresh blood in the driver's seat and on the ground adjacent to the driver's door. Cops say witnesses told them someone picked up a wounded man who was then identified after officers called area hospitals. Cops say they were told a male suffering from a single gunshot wound in the neck had been treated at South Suburban Hospital. It's unclear what led to the shooting, but cops are investigating. He is currently reported in critical condition. As we said, we don't have an update on this story. Usually, TMZ is really good about updating these things in real time and on the same link so you get the full story. We have nothing here, so we're going to move on to the story sitting at three for this week. That story is sourced to USA Today, the money section. And this is one that I was surprised really stuck around, Uh, or, but it, it did. It was pretty intense. And a lot of people had some pretty intense feelings on this one. So let's get you a headline, and you can have your intense feelings about it as well. What we posted was, Women still trail men in auto ranks despite GM CEO Mary Barra's gains. Tuesday, the 12th of November is when we posted this bump in response of 45.89%. So... I really don't have to explain what's going on here, but here's the deal. Six years ago, Mary Barr was appointed G- CEO of General Motors, first woman to lead a global automaker. And that, of course, as the article says, raised the hopes that the era of glass ceilings was going to be all shattered in automobiles and, of course, in the executive ranks in general. And that didn't happen, of course, didn't happen for automobile manufacturers. Not really happening all the way around, and what we're finding out is the pay gap is really, 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 still horrible in general, and really, really, really bad for automakers. You can read the story in full detail at thisisconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. which is the week ending November the 16th, 2019. All the links to all the stories we talk about. In the podcast are there, so you can go deeper into any story and share them with someone that you think might need to see them. But this is something that if you uh, if you know a woman, which you probably do, if you have relations with women, if you have women in your family, this is something that's pretty obvious. Women aren't on the same even keel in business as they are as they are with their men compatriots, and that is a problem. Considering women are slightly more than than the half the population on the world. And here in the States and the basically there's there's no reason for there be such a big gap in 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 what's going on. Women are just as capable of working things as men are. So they should be just as capable of having these jobs as well. We will see if this will ever be fixed. Spoiler alert. It's probably never going to be fixed. The number two story this week, your headline, Missing Clark Atlanta student Alexis Crawford found dead. Friday, the 8th of November, we posted this one, so this one lasted quite a while. A bumper response of 17.74% from the number three story this week. Our source for the story is the 11 Alive website at Atlanta TV station. And the biggest thing about this story is it's something that's had a lot of appeal. There's been a lot of national interest in the story for weeks. Let's read you a few lines from the story as they wrote it down at 11 Alive. Atlanta police confirmed that the missing Clark Atlanta student Alexis Crawford has been found dead. In a news conference on Friday afternoon, Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields said Crawford was found dead in a park in DeCobb County off of Columbia Drive. Police said they were led to her body by one of their suspects. Officers secured warrants and later arrested Baron Brantley. They were also securing warrants for Jordan Jones, Crawford's roommate and Brantley's girlfriend, police said. She was arrested on Saturday and charged with malice murder. Brantley waived his first court appearance on the same day. as merely Herring hearing before a Fulton Superior Court judge has been scheduled for November 22nd. He remains in the Fulton County Jail without bond. Quote, while a motive has not been clearly established, the department did take a police report from Alexis Crawford on October 27th, and this is a few days prior to her being reported missing. In the report, Alexis described unwanted kissing and touching from Baron Brantley, Shields said. Friday night, Fulton County Jail records show that Brantley had been booked for a murder charge. Other charges listed were for probation violations and one for hindering persons making emergency telephone call. Records show Brantley has several prior arrests. No commentary here, no extra here. There's more to the story, so you can go deeper into the case as put by Eleven Alive. And there's also some video things there as well that may interest you in the story. Check it out by going to thisisaconversation.com. Click the link for the week's podcast. This is for podcast week ending November the 16th, 2019. So the number one story, whether you're new to this or old to this, we're still going to present it just like we always have. We're going to give you some stats, although the stats will be slightly altered. We'll we'll mind for that. But let's start off with the main stats. This story, obviously, number one story for the week. It was the number one responded on Twitter story. Of the week, that might not be correctly correct, but you know what I'm saying. It gets a bumper response from the number two story of 58.9%. There's that. It gets a bumper response from the number 10 story this week. That's the one on all the celebs hating on the fake James Dean coming to a theater near you via CGI. That bumper response is 256.9%. A bumper response from the bump story, that's the story used in Tease, the number 11 story technically, of 282%. And going to what's still the almost relevant story of the week, essentially, number 215, still at the very bottom, a bumper response of 4,871.43, so 4,800 more responsive than that story. This is your headline for your number one story for this week. Multiple people injured in shooting at Sagas High School in Santa Clara in Los Angeles County. USA Today is the source for this one. Thursday, the 14th, it posted obviously yesterday. We recorded this on Friday, the 15th of November. This happened more or less in real time, early, very early. It was, in fact, before school started on the west coast and we posted this one out there and this one had lots and lots of issues going on to it now i'm going to go ahead and just recap this one as well and give you some updates on it when we initially posted the story all we knew was that someone was having a school shooting in a school in los angeles county Uh, the school was identified as saugus high school many other schools in the county were on lockdown because the Shooter was not apprehended yet, not taken care of, but within a few hours, things were taken care of, things calmed down, and information started coming to us. What we know is a 16-year-old, it was his birthday, a 16-year-old young man came to school and fired shots at various people. He had a handgun that was capable of holding uh, seven rounds uh six in the clip and one in the chamber and he fired off those rounds or six rounds and fired one final shot at himself trying to kill himself he survived the shooting and is still in condition critical condition being worked on Two people eventually died. Two kids eventually died from this, and it turned into a big mess of the craziness we have about guns and kids and violence and things going on there. Uh, we know that the young man's uh, father died about a year ago. They were very close. The father was a hunter. We don't know the source of the handgun at the moment. Uh, people are assuming it came from the father's collection, but we don't really know. We know that, the, the, like I said, the boy Just turned 16 that day. He was listed as a 15-year-old till later on reports just told folks that he actually had a birthday on the day. And there's no further information details on what's going on. Police spent a lot of time with his girlfriend and with his mother trying to figure out what was going on. He was basically described as, as a loner type, just kind of an awkward kid type, not anything that was overtly noticeable but he did socialize he was a part of groups he did do things in school and for whatever reason reasons we don't know quite yet today was a day that set him off for this type of thing the commentary you would expect from something like this is the we need to lock down all guns that's not what i do i don't do the lock down all guns take guns away throw them away this is a case where we'll have to find out exactly where the source was and how it happened it's more likely that the son was able to retrieve the guns from the father who had passed because they were there legally and they were taken care of, and there was just some issue on this day that was a trigger for this event. I will always advocate for more mental health things because we should have more mental things as well. I will always advocate for safe gun handling and safe gun training and people getting all the classes they want to, but this is not... This is not a day for the really crazy hand-wringing, I believe, that we get in some of these cases. We can't stop them all. I hate saying that. We can't stop them all. There will be cases that get by, but the biggest thing is the response time to this action was quick, immediately, quick and immediate, and it just so happened that the kid came in there with six rounds and was only going to fire off six rounds, period. He didn't come loaded up with, with... Belts of ammo and stuff like that. This is a story that needs to play out so we understand what happens before we go deeper into it. So, thoughts and prayers to all the folks there in Los Angeles County, the folks in, at, near Saugus High School, the people who, family members of people who have lost their lives and still dealing with things, and yes, the family members of the shooter, and yes, the shooter himself. We need an answer. We don't need more people going out in blazes of cool glory. We need more answers to why this is happening so that we can make sure that if we can't stop them all, we can make the distance between the next one as far away as possible. With that we have our top ten stories for this week, the week ending november the sixteenth, twenty nineteen by You. You made the decisions. You gave us the listings. It wasn't a program director. It wasn't a cabal of people saying what you need to say. It wasn't even me. It was the listing of things, some of them seemingly random, some of them seemingly weird, that I put down the line every 50 minutes for the last seven and a half days, and you responded to them on social media, on Facebook. You follow us on Twitter. This is a conversation or maybe on Instagram is there as well. And on Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation. And all you have to do is as you check your other feeds or other things, if you see one of our stories pop up in the feed, engage with it, like it, love it, hate it, share it. The more engagement it gets, the higher it gets in the rankings. We put it into a spreadsheet that gives us a raw score between both of the major platforms. And we tell you which story you thought was the most significant, most conversational. And even a week where it was literally all about what Trump did in Ukraine here in the States. You picked up on one of the latter stories, which was a very important story. And that was the shooting at Saugus High School. In just a moment, we're going to do our brand new thing. And we're going to basically get all of the stories out of the way in just a moment. And talk about the story at the very, very bottom of the list, of course. The stories listed at number 211 to 215 this week, and we'll come up with a snazzy name for it fairly soon, hopefully by the time we come back from break. This is the Weekly Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, from ThisIsTheConversation.com, the show for the week ending November 16th, 2019. You're going to hear a lot about Cloud9 living over the next eight weeks or so because we're just going to keep pumping it up because it is holiday time. Whether you want to fight it or not, there are Christmas decorations up, and there are people who have the trees. I don't understand it, but they've been waiting since January to get their Christmas tree up, and they have the chance once October was done, once Halloween flashed, they skipped Thanksgiving and put the tree up, and they're all ready for it. So this is all about giving gifts, gifts for all of us. So if you're looking for a great gift this year, check out Cloud9Living and use the link we have for our affiliate link so that we get a little help and you get extra help as well. That link is, of course, this at conversation.com slash Cloud9. That's numeral nine, of course. A lot of of courses in this today. Well, Cloud9Living is going to give you the best vacation, the best excursion, the best adventure you can think of. They have over 2,000 different places, different things, different excursions you can do somewhere where you are nearby around the nation. And the cool thing about it is the financial part. It really is the money. When you buy a gift certificate from them, you can use it whenever you want to. And the full price value of that gift certificate will always be honored. It will never lose any value. If you pay for an excursion and want to exchange, you can exchange for one at the same value number. It's all about money, literally about money. You get a great excursion doing great, cruel, crazy, amazing things, and you don't have to worry about being shafted in your wallet for all these great things. And if you use our link, this is conversation dot com slash cloud nine or click on the banners inside of anything promotional that we have. We get a little bit extra and you get a little bit extra off, too. They kick off about 10 percent of your gift significant purchase. And we get a little bit of that as affiliates to keep things going. Remember, the conversation is powered by you. So you can visit our sponsors like Cloud Nine Living. You can fund us directly by going to Patreon dot com slash. This is a conversation and become a monthly patron. Or, like I said, simply just like, love, and share the love with our sponsors, such as Cloud9Living, who we're spotlighting this week. And we're going to keep doing it basically all through holiday season because you need gifts, they've got gifts from Cloud9Living. So how are you liking the new format so far? Well, technically, the new part is right here. So this is where I'm asking you, how are you think you're going to like it so far? Keep in the back of your mind our email address, the conversation inbox at gmail.com and let us know how this is working for you, having the stories right here, right now, so that you can get into how deep they are. Uh, This thing is literally a work in progress. We are changing ideas and shifting things on the fly as we go along. So bear with us. It's new to all of us. The stories we have in the top or the bottom five, I should say, there are stories listed as 2.11 to 2.15 this week. We're just going to go through them real quickly with their headlines. Some of them we'll go a little deeper into, but we're just going to let you know what they were. The stories that didn't get a lot of love. These stories are normally stories that are very, very newish, very, very fresh. Get posted uh, somewhere between late Thursday and early Friday of the taping. That's essentially what we have here. Only one story that's been out for a while that didn't get a lot of love, which is interesting because I saw some chatter on this on other pages, other news sites, pages, especially religion pages. That's your tease on that one. Starting off with Story 211, posted on Thursday the 14th, this story has a headline, Hello Moto, the Razer is making a comeback as a folding smartphone. Yes, the Razer phone is coming back. You can check out pictures of it by clicking the link we have of this story at our website, thisisaconversation.com, and clicking this week's podcast link, of course, November 16, 2019. And what you have is something that looks very similar to an old Razer phone. It Because it's technically an old Razer phone, except when you open it up, if there's not a keyboard and a screen. It's a full screen. There's specs on the hinge, how it works, how it's not supposed to be as flimsy as the Galaxy Fold. It's not quite as large as the Galaxy Fold. It basically folds out to a long, candy bar-like cell phone, as opposed to the Fold that comes out to a tablet-sized thingamabobber. And it looks more phone-ish. Whether you're ready to go back to that moto and get that razor back into your pocket. Uh, It's really cool looking. We'll see what specs look like as they actually get done and how people use them in the real world. You can check it out the link by going to the website and seeing how it looks and how they think it's going to play out. Story 212. This story posted on Friday, so very early this morning, the 15th of November. Poll finds new high, I think the pun's intended, in support of legalizing pot and the source on this one is Yahoo News. And it's actually a Yahoo News writer on this one. That wasn't just an AP story that they aped into. Quick hit from this one. More than two-thirds of Americans support marijuana legalization, according to a new survey from Pew Research, the largest number of people since the organization began polling the question in 2010. In the poll results released Thursday, legalization was opposed by just 32% of respondents, continuing to, for a decade-long decline, the poll taken in 2010 found legalization was opposed by a 52 to 41 majority. A Gallup poll on the question in 1969 found that 84% were against. Click on the link in the podcast for in the or the website for the podcast for the story to go deeper into the deets on this poll. This story, I'm surprised, didn't get as much love as it did, at least not to be at the very bottom. Kanye West set to appear at Joel Osteen's church. 213 the listing for the story and posted on Tuesday the 12th of this month. So this one had a lot of time to marinate, a lot of time to work itself up to somewhere and it only worked itself up to the two spots higher than being at the very bottom. Let me tell you a little bit what's happening with Kanye. And this is from CNN by the way. Kanye West is reportedly bringing a bit of his Sunday service to Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church. The rapper will visit the Pastors Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, on Sunday, a representative for the church told Houston Chronicle Tuesday. O.C. will conduct a 15- to 20-minute conversation with Wes at the 11 a.m. service, and Wes will return for the 7 p.m. service to perform with his choir, according to Representative Donald Eiloff, Jr. Quotes from the Chronicle, Joel is still putting his questions together, but we will talk about Kanye's journey to his faith that was what Eiloff said as questions to the Chronicle. West has been running his new album, Jesus is King, and performing with his choir in various cities. His wife, Kim Kardashian, explained to Elle magazine in an interview in April about her husband's services are all about. And Here's from her. It's honestly more like a healing experience for my husband, Kardashian-West said. It's just music. There's no sermon. It's definitely something to believe in Jesus. And there's a jer- Christian vibe, but there's no preaching. It's just very spiritual Christian experience. Many people are not exactly um, not exactly feeling the Kanye stuff quite yet. And many people aren't exactly feeling Joel Osteen stuff all, all this time. So putting the two together is an interesting thing. We will see what happens when this thing goes down. I'm sure we'll talk about it after the fact as this weekend happens. Uh, But if you have some comments or questions on it, the conversation inbox at gmail.com, shoot us a line. We can chat it up anytime. This next story is actually great going along with the story we had about the lack of dealings with glass ceilings, breaking up in the automobile industry. This headline is a pretty cool one. Two women of color with Michelin stars for the first time in history. Posted on Friday the 15th, so very early this morning we posted it. Hip, hip Latina is the source of this one, a blog or news cycle. Hip Latina. And it recognizes two women who are women of colors with Michelin star ranked hotels. Their restaurants are, or the, their names are Carme Lopez and Maria Russell. Uh, Car- uh, Carme is Hispanic, Mexican, and Maria is black. And what I originally had was... The story on Mariah, because that's who I saw first. By the time I had a chance to put it in the system, which got really late, I found the second one in there. So we pulled it. So they're both in there. A Michelin star is a coveted recognition for restaurants as it is considered to be a hallmark for fine dining and is known to be extremely difficult to, make, to obtain, making it as much more prestigious. And so it goes on. The stories go going to tell you more about their restaurants and how they're doing. You can check those out deeper on your own. And the Netflix thing and the Eddie Murphy thing are becoming a pretty big thing. Our pretty much almost relevant story of the week, because it was a very late edition. is this one. Eddie Murphy is reprising his role as Axel Foley for a fourth installment of Beverly Hills Cop on Netflix. So this story, as we said, 4,871% less responsive than the number one story this week, which the number one story needs to be pretty responsive, but this is um, a story that's maybe a little bigger than than you thought. Eddie Murphy is making a comeback, and he's doing it big and strong. A few weeks ago, Netflix released the Dolomite movie, his his biopic on Rudy Ray Moore, the famous comedian who played Dolomite. And looks like Netflix is going to give Eddie Murphy money, just like they give to Adam Sandler, just making stuff that's good enough for the network good enough for the streaming service to air on its own and bring people in which apparently is good business and really really great for mr murphy mr murphy uh Bossip is the source that we have for this one but there's plenty of places to look for more things eddie murphy wise as he is doing a good job in this batch of rehabilitation hopefully he'll stick around very talented people love eddie murphy and he didn't really do any really crazy things like some other actors no matter what their color did when they fell out of grace. But it's good to see Eddie Murphy back into the swing of things. As long as he doesn't put on that old Eddie Murphy raw jacket again, I think he's well past that one. Coming up, the changes continue. We are going to give you your shout-outs and then just be done with it, sort of. You'll hear about how that happens when I hear about it coming up in just a moment. This is a weekly wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the show for the week ending, November the 16th, 2019. Continue with our Crosspod November theme. We're still showcasing shows in the Crosspod November group. And this week, we're pulling out A Spoonful of Theory. A Spoonful of Theory is a monthly podcast looking at facts, theories, and stories surrounding the world of mental health and wellness. And it is hosted by Ben and Jenny. Every month they bring out a different guest to expand in discussions they have. And yes, this is a once a month podcast. And in fact, they skipped a few months here or there, but they are pretty much on tapped on time and just waiting for a episode to launch for or drop for November. So if you're looking for a great podcast that gets into the meat, extremely savory conversations on mental health and well-being, check out a spoonful of theory. You can find them online at aspoonful.co.uk or just look for them wherever your pods are caught. They're probably there as well. Check it out. They're our spotlight sponsor for this week. They are a spoonful of theory. So, we're now at the part where we do shout outs. At least now we're now at the new part where we do shout outs. And we'll go ahead and start off with shout outs for Twitter this week. Giving love to folks who gave us extra love in the Twitter notifications. That includes folks like Pro Healthcare Tips. Thank you. Also, Ryan Dorothy, I. Taylor. Buy me a coffee because we remind you guys you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash J. Cleveland Payne. So, I'm sure they're just liking the fact that we're talking about their service. Uh, a couple of names that don't have names are getting liked as well. Love to Sharon Green as well. Thank you so much. That's my mother-in-law. She's always reporting what I got going on. Also, Matt Steady and Drink in the Movies. That's another podcast there as well. shout out to folks on Facebook, showing extra love as well. That includes folks like Tramiel White Jr., Peter Th- Feel. We'll love going out to Clarence E. Springer and Ruth Ann Miller. Thank you for being there, of course. Tony Brown, Big Sean, Big O there as well. Tracy Owens and Jordan Miller. Thank you, you guys, and many, many more. If I don't say your name out there, don't think you're not any extra loved. We're trying to work on the timing for this thing. And as it happens, our time is done thank you so much for joining us for the podcast and putting up with the newer stuff it's it's literally a work in progress as we're changing things on the fly and recording as we speak so how we're going to end things up now is more or less how we ended it before remind you about how the podcast works if you follow us on social media facebook or twitter you get a chance to vote in your ideas on the best stories of the week Follow us on Facebook and Instagram by looking for This is the Conversation. We're the little blue bubble with the speech bubbles in there. Make sure we're defaults in your feed so you see our stuff come down in your feed. And on Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. As you see stories come down your listing about every 50 minutes or show, like them, love them, hate them, share them, engage with them. The higher engagement they get, the higher the score they have at the end of the week. And we tell you, you know, with a raw score of the two combined, which stories are the tops and which story is the bottoms of the actual week. Email me with any comments, complaints, or anything else you got at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We didn't discuss any story that we talked about. All the stories, links to them all are at the website. So, this, of course, the stories for the week ending November the 16th, 2019. All stories there listed in the links. And, of course, a way to listen and find us as well. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on episodes of this, so you get the full the full point of the work you put into every week in your earbox inside of your favorite podcatcher and this thing is done by you sharing it with other folks so find some loved ones find some enemies find people you don't even know and help them find the love of this is the conversations weekly wrap up show grab a stranger's phone on the street and subscribe to the podcast and hand it back to them they say thank you every single time our spotlight sponsor of this week is Cloud9 Living. You can find them at thisisaconversationcom slash cloud9. And they, of course, will give you a great deal on gift certificates just in time for the holidays. In fact, you get a gift certificate that never loses value with 10% off your purchase. That's a cool thing as well. Our spotlight podcast this week is A Spoonful of Theory. Find them at aspoonful.co.uk because they're from the United Kingdom. They're British and all. When you stop by our website, thisistheconversation.com, make sure you click on one of our sponsors and buy from them. You get a little gift because they take care of you and they take care of us with a little bit of purchase off the things that you buy. And, of course, you can become a direct sponsor by being a patron, patreon.com slash conversation, or just buy me a cup of coffee. Nothing broke a middle. Buymeacoffee.com. Is that simple. So, since we've changed the way things have worked here, it's getting a little weird, you know, not doing the same way. So, I've basically said everything I need to say. So, how about this? Thank you, thank you, thank you. The show does not survive. The whole project does not work out without your help in finding the best conversations out there, not just being fed what people are with people saying the stories you need to hear. So, thank you for telling the world what stories you really wanted to hear and let's do it again next week just like this this is is the conversation I'm Jay Cleveland Payne and we'll see you next week